still Kirby. Lovely check. Kirby! Welcome back to the Fran Kirby Fight Club, your one-stop shop for all things Chelsea FCW and, of course, the legend that is Fran Kirby. I'm Mariam... Oh, I'm about to say Mariam Nairs, not anymore. Mariam Clark. Joined with... Oh, by snap. <laughs> I was about to kick Nathan out the picture. Joined by Andre. Andre, how are you, first of all? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I heard through the grapevine, and by that I mean through you, that I was given a shout-out on the, the FA coverage of the game earlier. Of course, we're here to talk about Chelsea's 3-0 win. Um, and that was quite nice. I don't usually get shout-outs. In fact, I'm not sure if I've ever got a shout-out before, so that was a first. Um, it, it didn't go down well for a, for a few people, but um, you know, I'm going to take my wins where I can get them, so I'm, I'm quite excited. Uh <laughs> Yeah. I think you should. It was fun. It was cool to listen. I was just sitting there kind of minding my business, paying attention to the game, waiting for highlights to drop. And then I heard um, uh, something that sounded familiar. It was about the succession line of, of what's the temperature. <laughs> and the tem- temperature is spicy, is what you said at the opening of the last episode. And I was like, hold on a second. Miriam said that. And then as soon as I was thinking that, he dropped uh, Frank Curry's Fight Club. And I was like, hell yeah, we got a shout out. You know, I usually I sit down and plan my interests, but that one just came to me on the spot. I thought lots of chaos, lots of weird and crazy things happening. Emma's leaving. That That's the perfect question. Like Succession has just got the perfect one-liners. Um, <laughs> they've scripted it well for us. I didn't have another one-liner today, but um, I'm going to try my best to give it a good go. Obviously, we had to talk about Chelsea's 3-0 win over Everton. It was quite the game. Um, of course, as you mentioned, three goals came in with um, a lineup that had Fran Kirby out and Sam Kirby back in we haven't seen her in the starting lineup for quite a while she's still recovering from her world cup injury and that was quite interesting to see as i said the the usual um 4-3-3 lineup or as we like to think of it being quite interchangeable um do you want to talk us through the goals because i think there's one in there that i thought was pretty pretty good from maggie beaver jones but the other scored by sam kerr and i believe jesse fleming with a pretty spectacular kick um what did you make of all the goals yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a fun game. It was a, I, the word that kept coming to mind is just composed. Just mm-hmm. com- this is like Chelsea mid season form, and we go in there, we do a job, we leave with three points and three goals, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like I just felt like this is a very composed Chelsea game. So yeah, the the finishes they were great. As you mentioned, Jess Fleming, she kind of had like a jump kick goal. It was very <laughs> funny <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, what the hell was that? And then the ball bounces and goes into the net, and I'm like, Jesse Fleming is just great. He's just fun, a uh, fun player. Uh, Sam Kerr, I really love this combination too because it's it's again Conrad again. You know, we saw that goal that she scored last weekend that was great. I just like when players get confidence and start playing, you know, up to their ability level. It's really fun to see, and she just you know she, she's backing herself with her pace, which I think is what she needs been needing to do. She, as soon as she was on a standstill, saw an opportunity to make the run, made the run. Sam Kerr, great positioning, great touch on that goal. That's not an easy finish, but she made it look easy. And then the big one, the banger, Aggie (laughs) Beaver-Jones. Lefty, top corner, perfect. I love the tweet you put out because it was just perfect. You're right, banger is the the perfect word um, because that's what it was. I mean, I don't think she could have it's strange because it, it was such a powerful shot but she also placed it she knew exactly what she was doing there was no question about whether it was intentional or not um but i just thought have, having her seen her goal last week and the week before i think she scored in her last three or four games now um and despite not getting enough minutes we're seeing her cleverness her coyness around the box her intuition and i think that's really exciting to see 
It's super exciting because the thing with a, a team like Chelsea is the the first team is always going to be loaded with talent. I mean, you think of all the players that Chelsea has in that in that squad. You know, from all from all the places they're from, we got Australia in there. You know, we got we got Serbia, we got Canada, we got all we got a bunch of different players brought in to play in this team because they're some of the best in the world, and it can be very difficult to come up through the academy uh, and and match that level. And Aggie Beaver Jones is doing it. I mean, she's very young, but she's doing it. I mean, she's looking more and more comfortable scoring bang as soon as she got the ball it's just her posture the way she was moving super confident i was like oh she's gonna hit this and probably score and then she did and i was like hell yeah this is it's really cool to see a player like go through this and have this kind of trajectory like i'm i'm loving it this has been like a surprise i didn't know if i expected this at the beginning of the season but it's super fun you mentioned a couple of the goals then just generally how composed the performance has been but let's go back to the beginning of the game now because i thought we started off having looked at the back of the game we started off a little rocky i mean we got the goal but um there were a couple of moments where millie bright um looked a little bit shaky and i thought that everton had a couple of chances that Berger was very keen and quick to save. And then we had, I think, a triple substitution after half time with Fran Kirby, Sophie Ingle, and I believe uh, Lauren James came on to all three of them. And it, it, we seemed to pick things up. Is that a concern for you or, you know? Uh, yeah, not really, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I think we... <laughs> We, we've been here before with, with Millie Bright sometimes. It was just a missed kick. She, you know, she wound up to boot it, you know, a mile into the sky as she normally does, which is great. And it's very fun when she does it, but just completely missed the ball. Um, and so that created a bit of a scramble. And then there was a bit of a panic. I believe the goal, Everton did get the ball across the line, but it was offside. So there was a little moment of shakiness there, but that was really it. And again, it was an offside goal and it was a missed kick. And sometimes those things happen. I'd rather them happen, you know, in a game like this where you end up winning comfortably 3-0 anyway than like a Champions League game, perhaps, which, you know, we've got one of those coming up. But you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I It, it wasn't necessarily concerning. It's just like, OK, mm-hmm. let's settle down. <laughs> like we, <laughs> we got this. We're better than Everton. Just get the goals and we're good. And eventually that's what they did. It's kind of interesting to see how Emma can rotate like that. For example, I mean, I didn't mention it earlier, but looking at the starting lineup here, so we've got Berger, who's, who's had a couple of games where she's consistently been in place of Musevic, um, Perisay, Bright, Carter, Charles, and then Nusk and Cuthbert and Kangovic started in that midfield with Fleming. And then we had um, Kerr up front with Kenyard. What did you make of that? Um, let's start with the defence first. It seems like the defence is kind of one of the places where rotation isn't all that common. I mean, I know we saw a couple of weeks ago, um, Hayes had changed things around. We thought that she might be playing a back three and Buchanan was introduced. And obviously every time Ashley Lawrence comes on, there's always a rejig. But what did you make of it today? Yeah, the back line is becoming pretty solidified, Hmm. interestingly enough. Um, Without Buchanan, that's very interesting. And honestly, without Ashley Lawrence, which Hmm. is also kind of interesting. My guess is she's saving these players because we do have a very busy, basically week uh, of matches. But yeah, I, I think uh, Neve Charles has been like undroppable. She's just been super, super good. Yep. Um, so like I get that one and she was good again today. The Brighton Carter center back partnership seems to be the most comfortable one for Emma Hayes. And the only one where she's kind of playing around is that right back spot. But Parise was in there today and I thought she had a good game as well. So I thought the defense overall looked good. We are seeing Berger again with a, a little run of starts here. So this is every time I with the goalkeeper position, somebody <laughs> gets a run of games. I'm very happy hesitant to be like okay yeah. Emma's found out because 
I, honestly, in the next game, it would not surprise me at all to see Musovic's name on the in the starting eleven. But so far, Berger's been, and she's been pretty solid. She hasn't had like the big mistake, and like you said, she covered for Bright uh, when she had her error. So I think the defense looks pretty good and looks pretty set. I'm quite keen on that partnership with Bright and Carter because I think it's so stable. And having seen Carter be played in different positions for England during the World Cup, she was she became someone that was so much more confident, being versatile, being chucked anywhere, being chucked on the right or the left and she looks strong al- alongside Bright but just as, just like Bright able to play out with possession um, I always feel like and I know we've talked about this before but Buchanan being a little bit shaky on the ball um, and when we're in a back three I just think the chances of us being exposed are so much more apparent especially if we're playing with one of those centre-backs having to push across so it just feels like that's pretty strong and as you say it seems strange to think that Charles is having a bit of a you know a breakthrough season finally she had a couple of rocky years I think trying to figure out where she was best and it seems like she's finally in a place where she's comfortable um, and I just feel like our midfield is opening up so much because of it. It's interesting to see how Nuskin comes into the midfield because she came, she well Kirby came on for her and I think you kind of get that idea that this is somebody who's meant to be quite creative and in a playmaking role and that opens up so much space in behind the, the front two or three. Yeah, the Nuskin one is interesting because, you know, we, we've seen... Her, of course, score a perfect hat trick, playing a little bit further forward. And then we saw her play a very good game at defensive midfielder. This time, it kind of seemed like she was kind of an in-between. And I don't know if that was the best kind of role mm. for her. Um, it, it didn't seem like she was as dominant as we've seen. I mean, she was good defensively, but not great uh, in attack. And I don't know if like that box-to-box role, it almost seems like maybe she's got to play one or the other. But we had Chankovic in there, and she's who you kind of won a little bit more. Um, on the ball in those creative areas. So I don't know. It, it was an interesting one. I might have to watch the game back to to focus on her to see exactly what happened. But I, I don't think it was her strongest game. I would kind of be interested in, in kind of seeing her and, and Aaron Cuthbert swap because I thought Aaron Cuthbert kind of played that like defensive sweep-up role. Mm-hmm. And I think Nuskin could have played that and maybe the Cuthbert-Kankovic um, Chankovic, apologies, is where you where you maybe get more creativity. But again, hard to nitpick. I'm, I'm really like digging deep to try to find like something that I maybe would have changed. But you know, I, I still think the midfield overall was quite good. And Aaron Cuthbert was unbelievable. I mean, we're we're, we're kind of used to it by now. But her numbers are just kind of outrageous. She's accurate on 80 of her 94 passes. That was 85 percent uh, completion rate. She had 113 touches of the ball. 100% dribble success rate. She was great with the long balls. She had two out of four. She's only dispossessed once. Had 12 ball recoveries, four interceptions, uh, five duels won. Like, yeah, she she just was all over the place. Five, eight ground duels won. She's just... She's just good. I mean, you put her in the midfield when she's healthy and she kind of she kind of is just a terrier in there. And I know that's like a cliche thing, but it's just like accurate. It's how she plays. It's great. It's so interesting because I feel like she's the one player that you could just build around in midfield. Like you see how interchangeable our midfield is, how much we swap and rotate things. Even like today, we made a triple substitution pretty much most of our midfield. So I said James Ingle and, and Kirby coming in. Um, but as you say, key thing you said is as long as she's fit when she's fit she starts almost pretty much every time and in any case she doesn't start it's probably because she's being saved for some kind of bigger Champions League tie or something but when she's in there you can build so much off her because of those qualities and traits they're so um it's so easy to to play along like alongside someone who can do all those things because you're never really missing out on any particular thing as you mentioned clearing things up and being aware and open to what's happening around her as well as 
connecting on passes and creating other attacks. It's just a complete package, I just feel like. And you're right in saying it's a bit of a cliche, but it works. Um, and when she's not playing, we, we fiddle around quite a lot. And I think we fiddled a little bit today, but given that it was an opponent that we could have arguably, you know, move things around against, um, it wasn't as bad. And looking ahead now, um, like I mentioned earlier, Kerr coming in for the first time. I wouldn't say the first time this season, but I think Emma has been a little wary of, of starting her due to, you know, recovering from the World Cup and the injury she picked up there. She did score today, but do you think she looked up for it is that the right term or she seemed a little just maybe not there yet am i wrong you see something else no i i think you're seeing early stage of the season sam kerr which is you know given the timeline that she's been on is where she should be right Mm -hmm. now you know uh she hasn't had a ton of starts to get herself comfortable and set uh things are moving around as we've talked about she's got connor ed on the right uh which she's more familiar with playing with lauren james or even fran kirby so connor ed is there and that's like a partnership that a gun they combine for a goal so that's great but bit new uh jesse fleming playing on the left that's a bit new as well mm-hmm. so you know which is actually kind of i think this is actually kind of a genius move by emma hayes to, to play Jesse Fleming in this role. And I think she's only able to really do it um, because Neve Charles is playing so well um, and reading the game very well about when to get up high and kind of create, provide that with. And that means Jesse Fleming can kind of do Jesse Fleming things, which is to float around, get in pockets. And I think she's very good. She's tucking inside quite a bit, not really playing like Guro would play. Um, but she's kind of solved that problem of not having Guro with took two players, but I think she's kind of done it. Uh, and they're working together quite well. So yeah, for, for Kerr though, back to Kerr, I, she's going to be fine. She just had a hell of a year. I mean, we relied on her a lot. Her goal scoring form was a bit down, but she still still scored a lot last season. And then the whole, the big like home World Cup and she was, you know, weight, weight of a country, you know, on her shoulders. It was a big build up to that World Cup as well. She's like Nike's premier athlete in Australia. I mean, it's a lot. Then she was injured and couldn't play. She scored that absolute banger, which I still don't understand why Millie Bright kept backing up. I'm like, you face her in training all the time. Why are you backing up? You know what she's going to do to you. Um, but yeah, I just think like Sam Kerr will be all right. I mean, guess it. She's she's saving her for Champions League stuff deeper in the season. It's just good player management, which is something that Emma Hayes is very very good at. And I think something important to add is that we often see Sam as being infallible, right? She's the one who the last couple of years has done crazy amount of air miles and never gets injured and plays every single game. And I think although that's cool and exciting and fun, the reality is that it's not sustainable. And yeah. you know, we live in an age where lots of footballers in, in women's football are getting injured often and you know people grow grow old and they develop different issues with their bodies and I think that this is really good for Emma because it it proves to us that we can rotate we don't need her all the time and that was something that was an issue last season we needed to play her but now that we don't need to play her all the time she can actually get some rest and and probably something that her body needs more than you know not just physically but also mentally and we had that documentary that Fran did um, a couple of weeks ago about talking about these issues and I just think you're seeing how Emma Hayes treats all of her players we're a little worried about Sam Kerr just because she's not playing but we also need to and myself included understand that that's probably a good thing for her especially with as you say how things are panning around uh, around her Jesse Fleming's role as you're saying coming in on that on that that side and just providing a bit of a bit more room for creativity there's something very you know, I hesitantly say this Penilla Harder-esque about it I think I was thinking as you were Ooh, saying it it's just shout. It's like this idea that Penilla came in on the left and was meant to be quite inverted and out on that width, but you know she can play inside and outside. And I know that um, Fleming is doing that with Charles and in you know in tow. It's almost like 
you have that same effect. It, as you say, it does take two players to do the job that Penelada was doing, but I kind of get that vibe. Um, Guru. Yeah, yeah, with Guru <laughs> as well, sorry. It, I get that that vibe from them, and I just, um, I think it, it's something, we, we, when Harder left, it's something that we really missed. It kind of mis- made us seem more central, and Lauren James needed to be more central as well, but this approach kind of gives us more of a dimension, and it means that Kaya doesn't have to be central all the time. There are more areas to kind of play in. Yeah, I like what you said there too, because as as... I believe the word you said is infallible. <laughs> Sam Kerr has been, she's been like a machine, but she is also a human. Mm-hmm. And even though she's like terrific, wants to play all 90 everywhere, doesn't matter what continent she's on. She wants to play 90, hop on a plane, fly 20 hours, play 90 again. That takes a toll. Yep. And I just think that this season, that honestly, it was one of the biggest reasons to bring me official here is just to say, hey, like we need you. Like you're a young, hungry forward. You play a similar style as Sam Kerr. And we just need you to get in, combine, you know, make those runs, get in between the center backs as well, do your thing, win headers, which he's great at doing. Um, so, like, I think it was a perfect, you know, a perfect, perfect to get me official in the setup, but also perfect timing to get her in because she has time where she can get those minutes. And Sam Kerr's not like, no, I'm playing 90 minutes every single game. She realizes it's going to be a long campaign. We're in a lot of competitions. I've gone like, mad for two three seasons now with Chelsea uh and it's it's you know we we've seen Emma do this with Fran Kirby a bit too just managing the player to keep him healthy and fresh throughout a, a long season in multiple competitions I think it's, it's just really smart and uh I think I mean you can already tell it's it's working quite well May official looks good Sam Kerr heating up good time for both of those things and talking about strikers, we've got to mention Aggie Beaver Jones because that's really another player who's coming up and you know has been rotated in around those front two slash three. I just looked at the stat; she scored her third goal in as many games this season. Um, and you know, not all of those games have been full sort of starting eleven starts. She's had to come off the bench a couple of times. I think there's probably a crazy stat somewhere on Twitter I read where it's been like sixty minutes across three games or something like that, um, which is insane for her age. We talked about the goal earlier. But what do you make of her as a player and how she might fit into this setup? I think the way she's fitting in is perfect right now. (laughs) You know, she comes off the bench and she's another dangerous player to worry about off the bench. I think, you know, at 20 years old, that's that's a good place for her to be. You know, I don't expect her to have a starting role anytime soon. If she does, you know, outside of maybe like an early round, you know, domestic cup competition, perhaps that's what we'll see. But I think for right now, this is what you want. You want like a a young, hungry player to come in who's a little bit unpredictable. I mean, players don't really, uh, defenses haven't really figured out what she's going to do. And we've seen her be able to come kind of like like the goal today. Started out wide, made a dribble cut inside on her left foot. Great curling shot into the far top corner. I mean, watch where the ball hits the net. It's like perfectly placed in the top corner. It's great. Um, but we've also seen her kind of like more central, you know, kind of playing as a bit of a center forward from time to time as well. So I just think it's great. Get in there, learn the multiple positions, combine with your teammates, score goals, assist goals, you know, when you can. I, I like it. I'm I'm here for it. I just like I said, I really think it's very in- intriguing when you get a player like this coming from the academy into a team this talented. So we're seeing why she's given these opportunities and she's she's making them count. And you know what, I think even if she gets loaned next season after having spent some time here and she comes back into the mix, I feel like that's going to be a good opportunity for her. We've already loaned out so many yeah. players in our squad. Um, 
some of that is because our squad's too big and they're likely wouldn't get airtime. But but also the fact that we've had players go away and come back and, and be better for it. And I think that there's opportunities in this league, especially this season, and how teams are becoming more and more competitive. I mean, just look at Leicester um, and Liverpool as well, and Spurs with the, under new management. There's, there's going to be a team for her out there if that's the way it goes. But if not, if we just see more and more integration. I think it's going to be even more room for players like Sam Kerr and Van Kirby to to kind of have that rest because she's shown that she's capable of coming on and playing a certain type of profile that Emma is constantly talking about when she talks about recruitment. So this could be interesting. In terms of, of looking ahead, although I will ask if you've got anything else before we do look ahead. Uh, I don't think so. I just, you know, I, I think just like what I what I tweeted after the game is just, you know, comfortable, composed, good away win, happy with it. That's how you want to start a, a pretty busy week. Talking about busy week, you are right. We do have a Champions League mid-league midweek fixture on Wednesday where we face Real Madrid. And I suppose having spent 20 minutes talking about squad rotation and weird players in weird places, is it possible that we've got one eye on Real Madrid and then I'm pretty sure that's that's on the 15th that we also have another fixture on the weekend. So as you say, getting into that period where these games are picking up, there's fewer times in between those games. Is it possible we're, we're resting players for that or sort of moving things around? 100%. I listened to some of Emma's press conference that she did and she and the video that she recorded as well, kind of talking about, you know, not to bring it up again, but talking about her, oh, no. her leaving Chelsea at the end of the year. <laughs> um, she, she was talking about this is a tough week. We have, you know, a, a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday run, which is mm-hmm. hard. You know, you would hope to have maybe another more day uh, there, maybe Sunday, Wednesday or Thursday to Sunday or something like that. But no, we have the tough one. It's Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So and and it's away uh, at and in Spain facing Real Madrid. And that's the first game of the Champions League. So you have to come out, set the tone right. You cannot drop points in that. And if you can get a win, even better. Like you really need, especially this group. This group is tricky. It's going to be tricky. So like this isn't the easiest group to get out of. So I definitely think that that's why we probably didn't see Lauren James. Probably why we didn't see Fran Kirby from the start. I think she needed to get Sam Kerr some fitness and, and maybe some integration within the team and the setup and what she's doing this season. But I definitely think we'll see a bit more. Or um, they'll probably see, you know, Nuskin and Cuthbert again uh, in midfield. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, how she approaches this game because it is an important game. And then Liverpool on Saturday, it is at Kings Meadow, which is great. But Liverpool's always, they've been playing well. And we know what happened last season. Uh, it, it was the away <laughs> fixture, but still, um, it was it's, it's a tricky game as well. So to me, these are two very tricky games uh, coming up. And I'm sure Emma had an eye on both of them uh, when making this lineup and also with her substitutions. And I'd, I'd also like to add that that first game against Real Madrid is an 8 p.m. kickoff, which is scandalous for me. Here, <laughs> here in the UK, it gets dark at five and we don't do anything after that. We we go to bed very early. Um, See, this is, this is where being like... Like in the states helps just yeah. a little bit because that's a 3 p.m. kickoff for me, so that's almost like you perfect. are you are very lucky. It's 8 p.m. <laughs> and then not too bad on the Saturday against Liverpool, one day kickoff, but then the Thursday. And that's 23rd. where the fun ends for me because that's 8:30 a.m. Yes, Saturday. Yes, so I will be up Karma. early. Why are you happy about that? <laughs> if, I, if I have to suffer, you have to do as well, Andre. That's I always cool. suffer with these early kickoffs. Today I was up at 7:57 a.m. <laughs> okay, you got me there. I have no response to that. Um, and then 8 p.m. again. Uh, fun for you not for us uh, against Paris FC so I think timing is important here but not just because for the reason I said about you know people being 
upset in the UK, but also because of traveling. Uh, whether you stay the night or you travel in the morning, it's a lot of airtime and it's not, it factors into rest a lot. Actually, having covered the NBA last season for, for Sky, I learned a lot about what happens in terms of rest and recovery when mm-hmm. you are constantly on a plane. It seriously inhibits um, your yeah. recovery time. There's something scientific to do with being in the air and being on the ground. Um, and so as we get into the season where that's happening a lot, just understand that there's probably a lot of players that are unable to or struggle to recover from that experience as well, along with being on the pitch, along with being you know in a high-intensity press. So part of the setup and the formation has got to to be on around that which players can manage the fatigue which players are able to um kind of be in a place where they can be playing at a certain intensity for a certain period of time which players just might not be ready for that whether that's sam kerr or fran kirby or whether it's lauren james i think that needs to be considered and i think another thing as well is that that wsl game on saturday against liverpool anyone who's been watching arsenal know that we got very excited about their result against leicester but they're they're back in the mix we are ahead by three points top the league but would that would there be pressure on that game to kind of perform especially when it's sandwiched between two champions league games yeah definitely this is a this is a huge run i think i, I think chelsea gets kind of a little bit lucky. The next four games are all packed very tightly together. Um, four games in 11 days. Luckily for them, three of them are at home. But like you mentioned, there is a trip to Spain, which is the next one for Wednesday. So they don't have a lot of turnaround time. You know, just won the game Sunday, have to be in Spain, you know, ready to play Real Madrid by Wednesday. Um, but then they come back in that Chelsea-Liverpool uh, game, early kickoff, at least for me, uh, <laughs> Saturday. Um, and then, you know, five days later, they're playing Paris FC. And then three days after that, they're playing Leicester. So I think these are opponents you would expect Chelsea to get results over, even Liverpool as much improved as they are from last season. It is the home game. I would expect that to happen. But, you know, you have to win it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough because you have Real Madrid, Liverpool, Paris FC, Leicester City. It's th- and that Paris FC game is going to be at Stamford Bridge. So that's, of course, going to be a huge like build up, a lot of energy involved in that one as well. So, like, yeah, I, I'm this is a tough run. It's, it's, it extend. I was looking at the schedule and it extends beyond this week. It continues uh, until the I believe what the international break early uh, December. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, this is an important stretch in, the, in both the league and the Champions League. So I'm excited for it. But, you yeah. know. Just, just want to make sure we get get those wins. Keep getting those three yeah, points. I don't want to have any of those issues. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to get to the point in which we've got like sixteen days off work, um, well, without playing any football, and and just be thinking that we hadn't made enough of last week. We hadn't got enough points, or we hadn't. Right. Because then you just you've got that pit of time, and I always feel like if I'm if I was a player, I just hate that that time where you have to go away and be a normal human being, and it's just like at the back of your head that. <laughs> You're at the bottom of a Champions League group, uh, touch wood, or that you dropped points. Um, and just as fans, we probably feel that on a very sort of microscopic level um, or sort of lower down than that. Um, we, we don't want to go into into a break and feel like we haven't made enough of that week. It's obviously going to be tricky and difficult, but I think we need to try and be prepared for how fast paced it's going to be. And although we've done that in previous seasons, I think it hasn't been this early, this sort of intense, and it becomes harder when you've got a bigger squad. There's more players to manage, there's more weight ways in which things could go wrong but also ways in, in which players will miss out and things won't be right for every single person so big squad a lot to think of but hopefully we come out with with all the points I think it's doable I think Real Madrid is a, is a worry and maybe Liverpool as you said but I, I think against the other two we, we can do the do the full Ooh. four 
I'm, I'm. That wasn't it, an official prediction. I was just, I was just thinking. Oh, okay. I was just <laughs> thinking, maybe, possibly. I don't want anyone to quote me on that. Maybe the Paris I mean, FC I, game. I think that would be tricky as well. But there yeah. you go. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Paris FC is is super interesting team. If if you can deal well with their their press and you you can move the ball around it, you can be good. But they have a great goalkeeper uh, and they're super super intense in the way that they play. So managing that's going to be really important. Like Real Madrid, if Caroline was there I'd be a lot more concerned mm-hmm. uh, with that but it sounds like you and again you got to cut out the defensive errors so the the key to me is making sure that Linda Caicedo doesn't go bonkers you know make sure you're aware of Del Castillo <laughs> yeah. But like uh, to me, Caroline Weir is what really made that team last season like super dangerous. And unfortunately, they won't have her for basically the entire season. She tore ACL. So like I'm away game, sure. You know, just to me, just don't lose. But you could probably realistically get a win there. But that Paris FC game is going to be massive. You know, at the bridge against a team that already took out Arsenal. They take out Manchester United as well. Like they're. They're an intense team. Was it was it Arsenal or Wolfsburg? Who took out Wolfsburg? Did Paris FC take all of them? Possibly. <laughs> like, I mean, they, maybe they just went. Paris FC was on an absolute tear early on in um, the in the qualifying. Yeah, they took out Wolfsburg. They took out Arsenal. Yeah, I hope we're not on that list too. But <laughs> I, I, I think I watched both of those, the, the Arsenal and Man United game, and I did definitely feel that in terms of our high oh, press. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, Manchester United lost to PSG. It was Paris FC that beat um, Arsenal and Wolfsburg. Apologies. They've got us all confused. We're all confused. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Paris clubs. It was the same. Um, but having watched those games, I feel like our uh, our high press and our intensity is something that's really going to work for us. But the only thing that concerns me is facing a team that are going to, to try and catch us out and having a high line. And I know usually when we're playing a back four, that's, we're kind of really stable and sort of looking. But I think especially in midfield, and you're right in saying Cuthbert has to start for that game. It's going to be really key. And I think I'd say the same for the, the Real Madrid game. Although, as you say, uh, we're not playing this season. I just feel like it's it's always... It's always a risk playing teams from other European leagues because they have they they they're all playing sort of the same intensity and same style of football. So that's maybe a slight worry for me. But I think we've got enough attacking power for it not to entirely matter. And I've said that before and got it really wrong. So I'm gonna gonna keep my fingers crossed and hope that you know it doesn't work <laughs> against me. I mean, the one good news about Paris FC is that again they're. If you get overwhelmed by how they play, their aggression and their intensity, you can end up struggling like uh, Wolfsburg did, which is, Wolfsburg's just a weird team this year. I don't know what's going on with them, but they've had some (laughs) weird results beyond this uh, Paris FC, knocking them out of the Champions League qualifying rounds. And uh, of course, Arsenal, who wasn't prepared to kind of face what they faced. Chelsea will be prepared to face it. So I'm not worried about that. And also we saw Paris FC play Lyon and that was 6-1 win by Lyon. Lyon jumped on them early, scored a couple goals early. Um, And I think Chelsea should try and very much do the same thing. I mean, I I think we have the ability to really score goals and then kind of lock things down. Um, And that's something that it seems like they struggle with because they have kind of like one one speed. And I know we're, we're kind of jumping ahead. We probably should be talking more about Real Madrid. <laughs> but Paris has just been interesting. They've been an intriguing team to me all season. So like I'm, I'm kind of following them quite a bit. So apologies. <laughs> I'm going to say, and I shouldn't say this because this is actually bad to me to say, to predict something bad. But I feel like <laughs> at least one of these four games, Emma's going to do something bad. She's going to do some, <laughs> some kind of... And to be honest, she might be forced into it. She's going to make some 
some player change sub something weird we're going to be looking at the squad and be sitting there with our pencils and a piece of paper trying to to figure it all out um it usually it usually (laughs) ends up working in our favor though because we've got an insanely strong bench now especially this season but i i hope that you know we're all prepared for at least some kind of chaos because it's it's always good to be prepared for that that's just my my general outlook on life at the moment (laughs) to be prepared for the worst but I, you are right. We should we should save all this for, for the actual previews because we likely will be doing that next week and the week after uh, ahead of the international break. But if that is everything, Andre, I think we will wrap. I up. just have one more thing. I thought so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a stat from Harry Edwards. Shout out to him. He's always got the stats. Um, I just want because this is the Fran Kirby's Fight Club. I needed to mention this stat that he dropped on the timeline. Fran Kirby has been directly involved in 180 goals and 181 appearances. Insane. 111 goals, 69 assists. And that that's that's not like for peak prime seasons. That's at least two. If you if you push together all the time that she was away, that's probably two seasons, right? She's probably been away for the amount of two seasons. You're telling me she did that in two seasons, likely, (laughs) give or take. (laughs) Don't ask me for maths or science. I'm I'm just saying (laughs) it. I'm probably correct in some way or form, but likely (laughs) two and a fine two and a bit seasons. She's probably done that in that amount of time. She's definitely out for one whole season. Um. And that is that is insane. That that means she every time she's been back, she's had to be at her best. The maths just mm-hmm. doesn't work out any other way, right? Right. Yeah. Which is which I still find funny the way she she talked last time about you know how t- sometimes when you're injured it takes you a while to come back and find your form. <laughs> I'm like Fran, maybe <laughs> for like normal people, but that's <laughs> never <laughs> been the case for you. <laughs> that, that is crazy. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we were we were ending on a bad note. I said some bad things about about teams. And- <laughs> And talked about chaos and and all other bad things, but we've ended on a good note. Um, Fran will always blow our minds. I think there will never be a time where she's not doing something amazing, saying something amazing, being amazing. Um, and on that note, I think we will we will close it here. A good note to end it on. We obviously got to thank you guys for continuing listening and all the shouts we receive, whether that's me or Andre. Um, we appreciate it all, and we do hope that we can continue giving people things that actually they want to listen to and want to talk about. So fingers crossed we're able to do that, and let's get ready for a big month. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was that was not convincing. At Yay, all. indeed. <laughs>